Section two of Germinal by Emile Zola, translated by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part one, Chapter two. In the middle of the fields of wheat and beetroot, the Dossin Quarant settlement slept beneath the black night. One could vaguely distinguish four immense blocks of small houses back-to-back -back, barracks or hospital blocks geometric and parallel separated by three large avenues which were divided into gardens of equal size and over the desert plain one heard only the moan of squalls through the broken trellises of the enclosures in the mehu's house number sixteen in the second block nothing was stirring the single room that occupied the first floor was drowned in a thick darkness which seemed to overwhelm with its weight the sleep of the beings whom one felt to be there in a mass with open mouths overcome by weariness in spite of the keen cold outside there was a living heat in the heavy air that hot stuffiness of even the best kept bedrooms the smell of human cattle four o'clock had struck from the clock in the room on the ground floor but nothing yet stirred one heard the piping of slender respirations accompanied by two series of sonorous snores and suddenly catherine got up in her weariness she had as usual counted the four strokes through the floor without the strength to arouse herself completely then throwing her legs from under the bedclothes she felt about at last struck a match and lighted the candle but she remained seated her head so heavy that it fell back between her shoulders seeking to return to the bolster now the candle lighted up the room a square room with two windows and filled with three beds there could be seen a cupboard a table and two old walnut chairs whose smoky tone made hard dark patches against the walls which were painted a light yellow and nothing else only clothes hung to nails a jug placed on the floor and a red pen which served as a basin in the bed on the left zacharie the eldest a youth of one and twenty was asleep with his brother jeanlin who had completed his eleventh year in the right-hand bed two urchins lenore and henri the first six years old the second four slept in each other's arms while catherine shared the third bed with her sister alzire so small for her nine years that catherine would not have felt her near her if it were not for the little invalid's humpback which pressed into her side the glass door was open one could perceive this lobby of a landing a sort of recess in which the father and the mother occupied a fourth bed against which they had been obliged to install the cradle of the latest comer estelle aged scarcely three months however catherine made a desperate effort she stretched herself she fidgeted her two hands in the red hair which covered her forehead and neck slender for her fifteen years all that showed of her limbs outside the narrow sheath of her chemise were her bluish feet as it were tattooed with coal and her slight arms the milky whiteness of which contrasted with the sallow tint of her face already spoilt by constant washing with black soap a final yawn opened her rather large mouth with splendid teeth against the chlorotic pallor of her gums 
while her grey eyes were crying in her fight with sleep with a look of painful distress and weariness which seemed to spread over the whole of her naked body but a growl came from the landing and maheu's thick voice stammered devil take it it's time is it you lighting up catherine yes father it has just struck downstairs quick then lazy if you had danced less on sunday you would have woke up earlier a fine lazy life and he went on grumbling but sleep returned to him also his reproaches became confused and were extinguished in fresh snoring the young girl in her chemise with her naked feet on the floor moved about in the room as she passed by the bed of henri and lenore she replaced the coverlet which had slipped down they did not wake lost in the strong sleep of childhood alzire with open eyes had turned to take the warm place of her big sister without speaking i say now zacharie and you jeanlin i say now repeated catherine standing before her two brothers who were still wallowing with their noses in the bolster she had to seize the elder by the shoulder and shake him then while he was muttering abuse it came into her head to uncover them by snatching away the sheet that seemed funny to her and she began to laugh when she saw the two boys struggling with naked legs stupid leave me alone growled zacharie in ill temper sitting up i don't like tricks good lord say it's time to get up he was lean and ill-made with a long face and a chin which showed signs of a sprouting beard yellow hair and the anemic pallor which belonged to his whole family his shirt had rolled up to his belly and he lowered it not from modesty but because he was not warm it has struck downstairs repeated catherine come up father's angry jeanlin who had rolled himself up closed his eyes saying go and hang yourself i'm going to sleep she laughed again the laugh of a good-natured girl he was so small his limbs so thin with enormous joints enlarged by scrofula that she took him up in her arms but he kicked about his apish face pale and wrinkled with its green eyes and great ears grew pale with the rage of weakness he said nothing he bit her right breast beastly fellow she murmured keeping back a cry and putting him on the floor alzire was silent with the sheet tucked under her chin but she had not gone to sleep again with her intelligent invalid's eyes she followed her sister and her two brothers who were now dressing another quarrel broke out around the pan the boys hustled the young girl because she was so long washing herself shirts flew about and while still half asleep they eased themselves without shame with the tranquil satisfaction of a litter of puppies that had grown up together catherine was ready first she put on her miner's breeches then her canvas jacket and fastened the blue cap on her knotted hair in these clean monday clothes she had the appearance of a little man nothing remained to indicate her sex except the slight roll of her hips when the old man comes back said zacharie mischievously he'll like to find the bed unmade you know i shall tell him it's you the old man was the grandfather bonnemort who as he worked during the night slept by day so that the bed was never cold there was always someone snoring there without replying catherine set herself to arrange the bedclothes and tuck them in 
but during the last moments sounds had been heard behind the wall in the next house these brick buildings economically put up by the company were so thin that the least breath could be heard through them the inmates lived there elbow to elbow from one end to the other and no fact of family life remained hidden even from the youngsters a heavy step had tramped up the staircase then there was a kind of soft fall followed by a sigh of satisfaction good said catherine levaque has gone down and here is Bottelot. come to join the levaque woman jeanlin grinned even algiers eyes shone every morning they made fun of the household of three next door a pikeman who lodged a worker in the cutting an arrangement which gave the woman two men one by night the other by day philomene is coughing began catherine again after listening she was speaking of the eldest levaque a big girl of nineteen and the mistress of zacchary by whom she had already had two children her chest was so delicate that she was only a sifter at the pit never having been able to work below pooh philomene replied zacchary she cares a lot she's asleep it's hoggish to sleep till six he was putting on his breeches when an idea occurred to him and he opened the window outside in the darkness the settlement was awaking lights were dawning one by one between the laths of the shutters and there was another dispute he leant out to watch if he could not see coming out of perron's opposite the captain of the Voreux, who was accused of sleeping with the perron woman while his sister called to him that since the day before the husband had taken day duty at the pit-eye and that certainly dancer could not have slept there that night while the air entered in icy whips both of them becoming angry maintained the truth of their own information until cries and tears broke out it was estelle in her cradle vexed by the cold maheu woke up suddenly what had he got in his bones then here he was going to sleep again like a good-for-nothing and he swore so vigorously that the children became still zacharie and jeanlin finished washing with slow weariness alzire with her large open eyes continually stared the two youngsters lenore and henri in each other's arms had not stirred breathing in the same quiet way in spite of the noise catherine give me the candle called out Maheu. she finished buttoning her jacket and carried the candle into the closet leaving her brothers to look for their clothes by what light came through the door her father jumped out of bed she did not stop but went downstairs in her coarse woolen stockings feeling her way and lighted another candle in the parlour to prepare the coffee all the savants of the family were beneath the sideboard will you be still vermin began Maheu again exasperated by estelle's cries which still went on he was short like old bonmort and resembled him with his strong head his flat livid face beneath yellow hair cut very short the child screamed more than ever frightened by those great knotted arms which were held above her leave her alone you know that she won't be still said his wife stretching herself in the middle of the bed she also had just awakened and was complaining how disgusting it was never to be able to finish the night could they not go away quietly buried in the clothes she only showed her long face with large features of a heavy beauty 
already disfigured at thirty-nine by her life of wretchedness and the seven children she had borne with her eyes on the ceiling she spoke slowly while her man dressed himself they both ceased to hear the little one who was strangling herself with screaming eh you know i haven't a penny and this is only monday still six days before the fortnight's out this can't go on you all of you only bring in nine francs how do you expect me to go on we are ten in the house oh nine francs exclaimed Mehir. i and zachary three that makes six catherine and the father two that makes four four and six ten and john then one that makes eleven yes eleven but there are sundays and the off days never more than nine you know he did not reply being occupied in looking on the ground for his leather belt then he said on getting up mustn't complain i am sound all the same there's more than one at forty-two who are put to the patching maybe old man but that does not give us bread where am i to get it from eh have you got nothing i've got two coppers keep them for a half pint good lord where am i to get it from six days it will never end we owe sixty francs to maigrat who turned me out of doors day before yesterday that won't prevent me from going to see him again but if he goes on refusing and mahid continued in her melancholy voice without moving her head only closing her eyes now and then beneath the dim light of the candle she said the cupboard was empty the little ones asking for bread and butter even the coffee was done and the water caused colic and the long days passed in deceiving hunger with boiled cabbage leaves little by little she had been obliged to raise her voice for estelle's screams drowned her words these cries became unbearable Mayhew seemed all at once to hear them and in a fury snatched the little one up from the cradle and threw it on the mother's bed stammering with rage here take her i'll do for her damn the child it wants for nothing it sucks and it complains louder than all the rest estelle began in fact to suck hidden beneath the clothes and soothed by the warmth of the bed her cries subsided into the greedy little sound of her lips haven't the piolain people told you to go and see them asked the father after a period of silence the mother bit her lip with an air of discouraged doubt yes they met me they were carrying clothes for poor children yes i'll take lenore and henri to them this morning if they only give me a few pence there was silence again Mehir was ready he remained a moment motionless then added in his hollow voice what is it that you want let things be and see about the soup it's no good talking better be at work down below true enough replied Mehu. blow out the candle i don't need to see the colour of my thoughts he blew out the candle zacharie and jeanlin were already going down he followed them and the wooden staircase creaked beneath their heavy feet clad in wool behind them the closet and the room were again dark the children slept even alzire's eyelids were closed but the mother now remained with her eyes open in the darkness while pulling at her breast the pendant breast of an exhausted woman estelle was purring like a kitten down below catherine had at first occupied herself with the fire 
which was burning in the iron grate flanked by two ovens the company distributed every month to each family eight hectoliters of a hard slaty coal gathered in the passages it burnt slowly and the young girl who piled up the fire every night only had to stir it in the morning adding a few fragments of soft coal carefully picked out then after having placed the kettle on the grate she sat down before the sideboard it was a fairly large room occupying all the ground floor painted in apple green and of flemish cleanliness with its flags well washed and covered with white sand besides the sideboard of varnished deal the furniture consisted of a table and chairs of the same wood stuck on to the walls were some violently colored prints portraits of the emperor and the empress given by the company of soldiers and of saints speckled with gold contrasting crudely with the simple nudity of the room and there was no other ornament except a box of rose-colored pasteboard on the sideboard and a clock with its daubed face and loud tick-tack which seemed to fill the emptiness of the place near the staircase door another door led to the cellar in spite of the cleanliness an odor of cooked onion shut up since the night before poisoned the hot heavy air always laden with an acrid flavor of coal catherine in front of the sideboard was reflecting there only remained the end of a loaf cheese in fair abundance but hardly a morsel of butter and she had to provide bread and butter for four at last she decided cut the slices took one and covered it with cheese spread another with butter and stuck them together that was the brick the bread and butter sandwich taken to the pit every morning the four bricks were soon on the table in a row cut with severe justice from the big one for the father down to the little one for jeanlin catherine who appeared absorbed in her household duties must however have been thinking of the stories told by zachary about the head captain and the perron woman for she half opened the front door and glanced outside the wind was still whistling there were numerous spots of light on the low fronts of the settlement from which arose a vague tremor of awakening already doors were being closed and black files of workers passed into the night it was stupid of her to get cold since the porter at the pit eye was certainly asleep waiting to take his duties at six yet she remained and looked at the house on the other side of the gardens the door opened and her curiosity was aroused but it could only be one of the little perrons setting out for the pit the hissing sound of steam made her turn she shut the door and hastened back the water was boiling over and putting out the fire there was no more coffee she had to be content to add the water to last night's dregs then she sugared the coffee-pot with brown sugar at that moment her father and two brothers came downstairs faith exclaimed zacharie when he had put his nose into his bowl here's something that won't get into our heads maheu shrugged his shoulders with an air of resignation bah it's hot it's good all the same jeanlin had gathered up the fragments of bread and made a sop of them after having drunk catherine finished by emptying the coffee-pot into the tin jacks all four standing up in the smoky light of the candle swallowed their meals hastily are we at the end said the father one would say we were people of property 
but a voice came from the staircase of which they had left the door open it was Mahud who was calling out take all the bread i have some vermicelli for the children yes yes replied catherine she had piled up the fire wedging the pot that held the remains of the soup into a corner of the grate so that the grandfather might find it warm when he came in at six each took his sabots from under the sideboard passed the strings of his tin over his shoulder and placed his brick at his back between shirt and jacket and they went out the men first the girl who came last blowing out the candle and turning the key the house became dark again ah we're off together said a man who was closing the door of the next house it was Lavaque, with his son bebe an urchin of twelve a great friend of jeanlin's catherine in surprise stifled a laugh in zacharie's ear why but look didn't even wait until the husband had gone now the lights in the settlement were extinguished and the last door banged all again fell asleep the women and the little ones resuming their slumber in the midst of wider beds and from the extinguished village to the roaring voreux a slow filing of shadows took place beneath the squalls the departure of the colliers to their work bending their shoulders and incommoded by their arms crossed on their breasts while the brick behind formed a hump on each back clothed in their thin jackets they shivered with cold but without hastening straggling along the road with the tramp of a flock. End of section two.